All right, Dragons, we are going to keep it the intro short this week. This episode, we brought back Joel Chorney. Him and I are going to be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. And speaking of things that are last, this will be your last spoiler warning. So if you haven't seen The Last Jedi, uh, you need to get on that. Or if you have no interest, then feel free to go ahead and keep listening. It's great. You know, why not? Anyways, uh, stay tuned for the conversation after the theme. Hey, Joel, how are you? Hey, Kenny, I'm good. How are you doing? I am okay, my friend. I am okay. Yeah? You, you yeah. Ready, ready to talk some, some Last Jedi? I am ready to talk some Last Jedi, and hopefully this will be my last conversation about The Last Jedi. <laughs> because everything you, you will have had to say, you will have said it. I, I hope so. I hope I can be that articulate. It's almost past my bedtime. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> uh, so we spoke briefly. You are on the side where you liked it. I'm on the side where I did not enjoy it very much. Um, just overview, what did you like about it before we get into specifics? Like why why was it enjoyable to you? Well, overview, I, I really enjoy the fact that the movie has completely changed the course of the franchise. I mean, every movie we've gone to see that was Star Wars, we kind of knew where it was heading. There was a formula, the formula was followed, and we'd be upset if, you know, uh, the formula didn't give us exactly, like, the little superficial details that we were hoping for when we wanted them. But now with this movie, it's like the formula is broke has been set aside and we actually are going to be able to move on to new and uncharted territory with, with the franchise. And I'm really excited about that. And that's exactly what I hated about it. <laughs> and well, okay. So it's not that I hated the movie. I walk into the movie and the first 15 minutes, I'm like, this is incredible. This is great. This is like the best opening of a Star Wars. And then a half hour went by. And then I saw myself, I thought to myself, am I bored? <laughs> and then I was like, what yeah. What is the feeling I'm feeling? Wait a minute. That, that's not the feeling I feel during a Star Wars movie. <laughs> no. And I was bored. Mm-hmm. Well, at what point? At what point were you bored? I, you know, it started about 15 to 20 minutes after the opening fight and continued throughout the rest of the movie with a few exceptions here and there. Those exceptions, because we already said this is a spoiler cast, uh, was when Finn is about ready to drive his little pod racer thingy into the mini Death Star cannon. And then when Ray and Kylo Ren teamed up to have their lightsaber fight. Okay. All right. 
So, so a, a significant chunk of the movie, you were bored. Yes. Uh, any, like any time that we were on the island with Ray and Luke, I was bored. Um, <laughs> any, any time Finn and Rose were on the screen together, I was bored. Um, uh, the stuff with Poe and Space Laura Dern. I very much enjoyed. Oh, you like that? I did. I enjoyed the dynamic. Part of it, I was like, this is stupid. They're both high-ranking officials in the rebellion or in the resistance. Why aren't they sharing their plans with one another? They know they can trust each other. So well, I was just... Well, actually, you bring up an interesting point. I was just talking about that very issue this today with someone else. And I'm not entirely sure that they could trust each other. I mean, Poe was in the doghouse as of the opening opening sequence of the movie. Uh, he had uh, disobeyed a direct order, cost uh, the rebellion all of their bombers and the, and the people manning them. And he, I think, and he was demoted. I mean, as, uh, Laura Dern, who, by the way, her character name is Vice Admiral Holdo. In case you get any hate mail about not getting that right, uh, her name her name is Space, is space no is Space Ellie Sadler, <laughs> paleobotanist of the stars. All right, she's, that's what she's a combination of Ellie Sadler and uh, the woman from Hunger Games, um, played by Elizabeth Banks with that outfit. No, she is Space Laura Dern. She is a space paleobotanist. That's okay. what she is. Okay. I don't, I, yeah. the, the bottom one is that he, he was in the doghouse and he had been demoted, as she pointed out, was the last official act that Leia took before she was blown into space. And we'll, we'll have to talk about that, too, because of all the things in the movie that I enjoyed, that's, that, that was something I absolutely hated. We'll talk more about that, I think. But the fact yeah. is, the fact is uh, he, he was demoted. He's in the doghouse, and they can't trust him. He goes from being in the inner circle to being on a need-to-know basis. And and I think he realized that, too. So he's keeping things from them. They're keeping things from him. And, and that, didn't, that didn't seem odd to me. That's inconsistent with where the movie had started. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I can kind of see that. But still, this is just a... As usual, poor communication leads to stupid decisions by everybody. And can we just say that the entire movie was a slow speed chase? Like, can you get any more boring? <laughs> okay, so uh, it, it, felt, it felt a lot like um, the third episode of Battlestar Galactica. I don't know if you ever watched Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Yes, uh, and I for, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna wish I remember the name of the episode. But the, the the premise in that third episode is that the Cylons are chasing humanity, and no matter how many times they jump ahead, the Cylons can, can't keep up with them. In yes. Battlestar, it worked really well because you had some. It, I forget how often it was. It was like every three hours or something they had to jump, and so although it was a slow chase, it was a slow chase that was happening consistently. Whereas in this movie, you just have one. Long, slow chase. Yeah. But okay. but what I, will, what I will say is um, 
it was a weird choice to make that be the driving plot point because they say at the very beginning of said slow chase that uh, the rebellion only has 18 hours worth of fuel. But somehow Ray is on the island with Luke for several days and nights. Well, see, and now you're getting me into a position where I have to defend a movie I don't enjoy. <laughs> but uh, by all means, I was I was I was um, tongue in cheek telling the person who pointed this out to me that they were being very Terra centric to assume that all planets have the same lengths of day and night as we do. <laughs> Yes, but also we're assuming that the timelines are parallel. We are assuming that because I think that's what we're used to seeing in movies and they never make us, they never explicitly tell us that that's not the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I, 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 the slow speed chase, I was like, okay, this is meh. <laughs> the tension between Poe and Space Lord Dern, I enjoyed. The Finn and Rose irritated the crap out of me. Well, what's what's up with that? What's up with what's up with that irritation? There, okay, there was no point. Like they go to this planet to find a code breaker who it didn't really make sense, anyways, and then they abandoned that to go hang out with the collector from Guardians of the Galaxy, and then he betrays them. Okay, if you get confused by the fact that actors play different roles in different movies, I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> um, no, and it was just it was the entire casino planet scene was forgettable. That's fair, but the scene itself is forgettable, but the, the, the theme of the movie is carried in that scene. Um, the movie is very much about, about the prison, um, the military industrial complex and wealth disparity throughout the galaxy. And yeah, and it, it was, I appreciate it. We finally saw a, um, a, a watering hole of the Star Wars universe that's not like the cantina or Jabba's lair, you know? Okay. That actually, because if you just go off of the previous movies that we've seen, not including the prequels, uh, it just looks like everything's dirty and grimy. And I mean, even Princess Leia, who's a princess, doesn't look like she comes from any kind of opulence, which yeah, everybody make a, whole, a whole lot of sense. So everybody's not, poor. Everybody's poor or dirty or or running, fleeing. So we finally get to see that. Oh no, wait! This is an actual universe where there are the things in the universe that we would recognize in our own universe, which is people who are really wealthy, people who are really poor, and are being taken advantage of by the people who are really wealthy. Um, and there's vice, and there's excess, and it was refreshing to me to see finally something new, you know, we've gotten used to seeing that. Oh, apparently the universe of star Wars, every planet only has a one kind of climate. Okay. Like, okay. I get that, but none of that improves the story. Well, uh, I'm not sure I understand the point. In what way does it not improve the story? And which story are you referring to? Like, I just didn't think this story was very cohesive and was very good. And, like, 
you have Ray and Luke, and I did not enjoy their interactions. I didn't feel there was any development there. Like, we're now assuming Ray can use the Force, but she didn't really have any real training. And, like, first of all, Luke just fades away at the end of the movie? Like, no, that's dumb. Well, that it's not unprecedented. That's what we saw Obi-Wan do in New Hope. Yes, but... Okay, so I guess maybe my big issue is just this movie as an entire whole. Like, episodes one through nine are the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. So... Episode episode seven, we saw the conclusion of Han's story. They're trying to make us believe that this is the conclusion of Luke's story. And then nine was supposed to be the conclusion of Leia's. But my issue is, first, for those people who don't know, um, and we haven't actually gotten to this part, uh, Kylo Ren kills Grand Emperor Snoke. Supreme Leader, Supreme Supreme Leader, Leader Snoke. Snoke. Yeah. Thank you. Supreme Leader Snoke. Kills Supreme Leader Snoke. And then asks Rey to join him. And then she says no. And he throws a hissy fit. So my question to you, Joel. Mm-hmm. Who are you scared of? Who is the big, who is the big bad in this trilogy? We're, we're led to believe that's going to be Kylo Ren, and that's and that's the refreshing thing that up until this point, the big bad has always been an older, more experienced, more powerful Sith Lord. Okay, but you're telling me that watching these movies. When Kylo Ren is on screen, you are gen- genuinely scared of what he's capable of doing. Because go back and watch uh, A New Hope, Empire. You're scared of Vader. Vader is menacing. He's terrifying. He's like, the first time we meet him, he force chokes one of his own dudes and he straight up tells the audience, I'm a badass motherfucker. Don't mess with me. Second movie, oh, hey, you're my son. I'm going to cut off your arm. And if you don't join me, I'm going to kill you. Well. Like, Vader's a scary dude. Kylo Ren is a little whiny bitch. Yeah, but remember where Vader starts. If we go back to the prequels now, you weren't ever legitimately scared of Anakin. Not until, I mean, not until he puts on the suit in in, uh, in uh, Revenge of the Sith. And even then, you're not scared of him. Right. Because you know he's a little whiny bitch. Right. But that's the same little whiny bitch that you're saying makes the, the, the good villain in the original trilogy. No, because the original trilogy came out before the prequels. I get that. I get that. I'm, do you, I, do you I'm, know what? Do you know what makes Vader not scary at all? The no. prequels. <laughs> Well, that's the thing that that that's well. Now we're going to get real deep in philosophy. That's that's the beautiful thing of 
of even the work that I do, which is when you get to know someone, they cease to be that scary when you understand where they come from. And so when once we understood where Vader comes from, he was no longer that scary, uh, unpredictable, and dark force. Right? We had we we saw his uh, prominence. Similarly, what we're what we're seeing with Kylo is we're seeing where he's coming from first, and he's a little whiny bitch, and he's an ungrateful little whiny bitch. So yeah, he's not that scary now, but I think he's got the potential to be pretty damn scary. What's really scary, I think, is the fact that we don't know what's going to happen with Ray. We we always thought we did, right? Because the formula was, oh, the, the light side of the force brings balance, and there's the dark side, and, and, we, and there's the Sith Lord, and they've got an apprentice, and all this was known. All this was very recognizable. And the last time we saw the apprentice kill the Sith Lord was in, was in uh, Return of the Jedi, Right? And that was the conclusion of the story. But now we're getting it in the middle of the story, of the new trilogy, if you will. And we don't know where we're going from here. Because the the only thing we saw after uh, Palpatine was killed was Force Awakens, which is just a rehashing of New Hope. So for the first time since, since uh, Jedi, Return of the Jedi, we actually have something new to look forward to. And we don't know where this is going. Okay, but that doesn't make it a good story. Well, I mean, I mean, I can get lost on the freeway. That doesn't mean it's a good route. No, that's that's that's, that's <laughs> fair. Yeah, opposite. That's fair. But you also you gotta you gotta appreciate what they're what they're doing. What Disney's doing is they're trying to to recoup this huge financial investment that they made in buying the property, and. They have just injected new life into this franchise. I, before, I wasn't sure how they were going to be able to pull off a new Star Wars movie every other year, but now I, I can see it. Like, oh wow! Like, well, all the, what, the 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 stale rules that we all become complacent to are out the window, and we're in an, and we're in uncharted territory. They can really now do anything they want. Uh, showing us the casino, we could have like a a spy noir type story in the Star Wars universe. Okay, but you're 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 predicating that on the fact that we had to have this story to lead into that. We didn't. For all intents and purposes, Solo, which I'm also not looking forward to, should be a heist movie. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's going to be a Star Wars movie. Well, I don't know. It, it, it's. I think it might be a heist movie in, in the Star Wars universe. I I don't think that's the direction they're going to take. Yeah. I think they're going to try to fit in. Um, well, we already know Lando's in it. I think they might try to fit in Jabba or Boba Fett. And it's like the beauty about the Star Wars universe is you don't need to have a previous history with the characters to develop the universe. Like I was saying on a previous podcast, tell me something about characters I don't know, or tell me something about characters I don't know well. Um, The joke I always make is I want to see a VH1 behind the music on the Cantina Band. Right. Like... 
give me something um give me something like that like a character that we come across tangentially real quick like i'm trying to like even if if we get into like maz's backstory mm-hmm. uh who by the way like, apparently had a fling with the guy at the craps table <laughs> yes, I did read about that. But but I'm just like I'm like you don't need to set up. You don't need to use the Skywalker saga to set up your extended universe. People seem to think that that's what they're doing and I'm like, "Okay, but they didn't need to do that. Just slap the word Star Wars on it and it'll make money and you'll be fine and you can do whatever you want." Well, I think first of all, I think that the Star Wars saga, the 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 Skywalker saga is over. I think we have seen the end of the Skywalker saga. I, uh, it may have might have happened slightly earlier than they meant to with the death of Carrie Fisher, uh, but I think by the next movie with the opening crawl, we're going to definitively know that we're no longer in the Skywalker saga, and we're moving on to a new saga. Um, okay, if that's the case, then that's going to be the most miserable ending to a saga <laughs> since Rocky Five. Well, so I'm not. I'm not entirely. I'm, I'm not on board with that because if we look at if we look at Luke, he had a tremendous arc. He goes from being a um, farm boy who romanticizes war and battle to someone who has seen war and battle and has become hardened by it to someone who in almost as many in, in almost as many words saves his own soul um, by 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 letting go of the harshness of war that he has been burdened by for the last several decades or years. So so he had a he had a full arc in terms of Luke Skywalker. He had he started pure, he gets corrupted, he becomes pure again. We saw the same thing with Anakin. Starts off as a cute little boy, becomes a whiny little bitch, uh Padawan, uh goes to Sith Lord, and then eventually in the in the original trilogy we see him be redeemed. It, it took six movies for Anakin, where we only it only took us uh, five movies five. for for Luke. So Luke's ahead of the game. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you know, we see him fade away into into the Force, presumably, so he can be Force Ghost Luke. Um, for someone who had blocked himself off from the Force to to be able to project himself across the galaxy into a battlefield that way. Uh, it's impressive. It's, I mean, it took a lot out of him. I, I, I like to believe that he used the last bit of energy that he had to pull off the greatest force stunt that uh, anyone had, anyone could even imagined in that generation. As the last Jedi, it was fitting. Now, we know he's not the last Jedi. Maybe. Um, one of the messages of the movie is that you don't have to be a Jedi to use the force which is so different from the original trilogy and even the prequels. Uh, you know, we, we were led to believe that you were either a Sith or you were a Jedi if you were going to be using the Force. But we've learned in this movie, pretty much for the first time, that that's not the case. 
and it actually makes more sense because how can it be that the force is something that connects everything in the universe, but only only a few people can can tap into it, and what if only if you're of a particular religion? So so we now see that they have expanded the the, the Star Wars universe, and they they I think they did have to use this saga to do it because this is the saga that set up the rules for us, and they had to either break those rules. Or explain that those rules were not accurate, and I prefer that. They, okay. I prefer that they explain that the rules were not accurate than just go and break them, because then our complaint would be seriously. Who said you could do that with the force? Which brings me to Leia's space flight. <laughs> oh gosh, that irritated me so what? much. What the hell was that? Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, I'm like, okay. First of all, if a human body gets sucked into space, you're pretty much exploding. Uh, apparently not. Apparently you're more likely to freeze. Okay, but yeah, but so you freeze, but you're telling me that frozen person probably dying fairly quickly in space has the wherewithal to then connect herself with the entire world and then fly back into a spaceship. And then... When the interior door opens and she goes back into the ship, that would suck everybody else out too. Absolutely, unless it was kind of some kind of an airlock situation. But no, absolutely, that doesn't make any sense that she can just fly her way back into the spaceship. And I'm sorry, but there was no hint in any of the previous movies that she could do anything remotely like that. Hey, okay, that doesn't bother me. Okay. It doesn't bother me that they just, they were like, okay, Leia can use the Force. Because at the end of Jedi, it's pretty much like, yes, Leia, the Force is strong within you, like it's strong within me, blah, 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 blah. Um, And you're assuming that, like, Luke gave her some tricks of the trade over time. So that I don't have a problem with at all. But it's the, I'm going to be sucked out into space. Like, it was a poor choice. It was a nice to show us that she has the force. It was a poor way to do it. They could have they could have done it in so many more artful ways, and 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 they kind of blew their load for no reason because she doesn't really do anything after she comes back into the spaceship in the movie, other than affirm that Poe is the new leader, and we didn't really need her to do that. Poe could have been yeah. the leader by virtue of leading. Like we don't need her to say, "Oh yeah, no, follow him." <laughs> You know, uh, so so what did we get from that other than we get a nice endearing scene where Luke and Leia are back on screen together, which wouldn't have happened if she had died when the spaceship is blown up. But but, but that scene does not justify her space flight. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, speaking of stupid things happening when flying or driving. Um, Finn and Rose, mm-hmm. like the space horses, totally stupid. But what really irritated me is when Finn is driving towards the mini Death Star gun, mm-hmm. and and Rose crashes into him to save his life. Mm-hmm. Now. We're led to believe 
that she's going to die mm-hmm. because she does the the stupid we're not going to destroy the things we hate but by saving the things we love first of all bitch do not take pose man <laughs> like rose no there is no rose and finn there is pin poe and finn don't even start don't even start rose but here's the thing so finn is going to sacrifice himself to destroy this gun to save everybody else that's in the uh in the base mm-hmm. so you lose one life but you save everybody else Rose crashes into him to save his life, thus ending hers and destroying the base. Right. You've lost one life each in each scenario, but now the base is getting blown up as well. Like, Rose made a stupid mathematical, like, it didn't work. It was dumb. And also, I was super excited for Finn. I was like, oh, my gosh, what a great arc. Like, this is so great. Um, like his death would have been so, I was actually on the edge of my seat was like, cause I was like, oh my gosh, they're actually going to do this. And Rose ruined it. She ruined it. She ruined it. She took it and she <laughs> ruined it. Well, I see what you're saying. I, I know what a fan you are of, of beloved characters dying. I, I know that's one of your favorite things. Uh, you appreciate that dear uh, immensely. Um, First of all, Rose isn't going to die. She She's going to survive into the next movie, just like Finn did. I know, but uh, it's so irritating. It's so irritating. I th- I, so, story-wise, okay, I'll give you that it's problematic that she did that. She interfered with what would have been a very satisfying uh, plot development into in this movie. But I really think that this movie is about so much more than the movie itself. This movie is about the franchise. It's about the life of the franchise. And okay, everybody is saying that bullshit and I'm like, okay, so you're sacrificing a you're sacrificing this story for to make more money in other movies? Uh, yeah, it's stupid. It's, it's, it's Disney. Can you, re- what did you expect? Okay, okay. <laughs> but but that reflects poorly on this movie. Sure. I mean, the same thing can be said about Jedi, Return Return of the Jedi, and the same thing can be said about all of the prequels. They're just money grabs. They're money grabs that happen to shape a beloved franchise. <laughs> well, okay. The prequels... Oy. If, if Lucas had kept with Jar Jar being the big bad, I really would have loved that. Yeah. Um, oh, no, so here's here's what I would have done, and which would have made me happier. So you've got Supreme Leader Snoke in the first movie. He's this giant hologram that's pretty terrifying. And then in the second movie, he's a flaccid penis. <laughs> so you know what makes him scary? In the scene with Ren and Ray. Uh-huh. He kills one of them. I don't care which one he kills. Uh-huh. But he either kills Kylo Ren 
And that makes Ray realize what she has to do. So then she goes through her training montage, whatever. And then in the third movie, she fights Snoke, and that's our big battle. Or, or he kills uh, Snoke, kills Ray, and that makes Kylo Ren realize that this isn't what he wants to be doing. And then he goes back to the light side to then fight Snoke again in the next movie. Right now, there's no big bad, and I do not care when Ray eventually kills him. Or when somebody else kills him. I don't care. He's not a character that I'm terrified of. He's not a character I'm scared of. He is a character that I'm just waiting for him to die. Well, that's fair. And and I, I must say that if they had chosen to have Snoke kill either Ren or Ray, that would have been very impactful and it would have been an interesting turn as well. But if you're going to go with a surprise, a, a twist, if you will, the twist they went with is a good one because and I'm now thinking in terms of the studio and the people who own the property, they get to keep the two most popular characters of the new, the new trilogy. If they killed one of them, they, they lose out all their marketing opportunities for the next movie. They're, I mean, kids kids were dressing up like Kylo Ren left and right for Halloween this year. And they, uh, um, Ray is is an entry point for all the girls who love Star Wars. So they lose out a lot if they kill off one of them. No one's connected. Disagree. No one's connecting to Snoke. No one's connecting. No one dressed up as Snoke. <laughs> Well, yeah, because they'd get arrested because then they'd be like walking around like a giant flat. My point is, um, we, we've seen that. We've seen that before. We've seen the apprentice take out the master and we've seen, we've seen the, uh, the light side of the force fight the big bad. We've seen that already, but this was new. This was new. And, and, and you know, the thing was with new by definition, it's not comfortable. It's not. It's not beloved. Down the road, it may be, but if we were going into this movie thinking that we were going to have more nostalgia, like we did in the Force Awakens, yeah, whoever went in thinking that is going to be terribly disappointed because that that wasn't this movie. They they were not interested in, in giving us nostalgia in this movie. Well, I didn't. I didn't care about the nostalgia. I just wanted. A, okay, I, I will say maybe I do need to see it again. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, people have been bringing these things up, so maybe I need to give it another shot. But meh, I really don't want to. Maybe if it was an hour and 45 minutes, I'd give it another shot. But it's two and a half hours. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. I got to hand it to Ryan Johnson, the director and writer, because he had a pretty daunting task ahead of him. And I wonder how much was planned ahead of time with J.J. Abrams when he did Force Awakens. Because a lot of it felt like JJ set up the pieces, like it's like a kid who p- built this beautiful structure with blocks, and then Ryan Johnson comes and just knocks it all down. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of want to picture JJ just kind of sulking in the in the back, going, that, "That's I built that. Now it's not what you were supposed to do with it." Um, but I don't know. Uh, for all I know, they they had this whole thing. They have this. They have this whole thing mapped out for the next twelve movies. For all I know. Uh, yeah, but but it it was a it was a very defined shift. Um, we went from I've seen this before, I know what we're doing, or I understand the dynamics. Oh, look, we have another cantina scene. Oh, we have another scene on a bridge with a giant chasm below it. 
uh, we, all no. these all these beats that we had seen and recognized and felt familiar with, and then this movie, pretty early on, we have no idea what's going on. Like, all bets are off. Yeah. And that, okay. And that was cool. That was neat. I I will say there were times when I felt like it was dragging, uh, where they got a little excited about the design of their creatures. I love the porgs. Do not batten off the porgs. They were awesome. But the the space horses, yeah, I had enough of them. They they had maybe twice as much screen time as they needed. The crystal foxes, meh. No, meh. first of all, first of all, the salt EVs. What? What's, is that what they're called? No, that is what I'm calling them. It was a salt planet. Mm-hmm. And they were essentially the, oh, like the salt evolution of Eevee. Okay. All right. I can see that. Uh, Okay. So I got you. I will say I really enjoyed just the Porgs as background creatures. And I enjoyed the Porgs getting really upset at Chewbacca eating them. That was awesome. (laughs) I did not need Porgs in the Millennium Falcon. Didn't need it. I got to say roasted Porg does look delicious. Oh my god, it looks so good. All right, so Joel, um, before we head out, um, Mariam, fuckum, chuckum. Oh god, space horses, porgs, salt EVs. Oh, by the rules of your podcast, I have to answer this. Yes, and you, okay, we're yeah. both chucking the space horses. No one cares about the space. So, horses. so there's going to be. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a matter of public record that I choose one of these fantastical creatures to marry, to fuck, and to chuck. Correct. So much for running for a public office. Uh, well, obviously, you want to marry the porgs. Uh, you want to fuck the space horses, and you chuck the foxes. No! What do you mean, no? That is totally wrong. What, That's totally wrong. What's the correct answer, Kenny? The correct answer is you marry the salt Eevees because they're adorable. Uh-huh. You fuck the porgs because, honestly, you don't want them around 24-7. <laughs> and then you chuck the space horses because they're stupid. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a question for you. So, so Space Laura Dern says to the rebe- rebels, Godspeed, rebels. And I want to know, which god is she referring to? <sighs> Stupid Space Laura Dern. She should have said, may the force be. Exactly. Like, is no one reading this script before they send it out to the actors? Like, guys, there is a phrase like, it, it, in the universe that conveys that sentiment and doesn't completely God. fuck up the theology. <laughs> That's actually that makes me feel exactly how it felt when Leia hugs Ray before Chewie when Han dies. Yeah. Ah, yeah, it's one of those. Okay, other, is no one thinking about this stuff? It's so right. I gotta get. Oh, I uh, do. Uh, I gotta get going. Do some shout outs. Who do you got a shout out? I'm gonna shout out Ryan Johnson. That guy deserves a shout out. He's getting a lot of hate. People want to remove his movie from the canon, which is ridiculous. I think he did a fine job. Impressed with 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 what he did with the franchise, and I think he's finally going to get the recognition he deserves. He's had a good career up to this point. He directed a bunch of episodes of Breaking Bad, but he's finally going to get some recognition. And he deserves a shout out. 
Excellent. I'm giving a shout out to, let's see, I'm going to give a shout out to all the Star Wars fans that didn't overreact over this movie. Like, I didn't enjoy it, but I'm not calling for Ryan Johnson to be fired and I'm not calling for this to be removed from canon. I just am not going to go see it again in a theater. Um, That's fair. I think you should watch it again, but you don't have to see it in theaters again. Yeah, I'm not going to spend another 17, you know, dollars LA movie prices. Yeah, maybe I'll go crazy. see it when I'm when I'm maybe I'll go see it when I'm home for the holidays. I also want to give a big shout out to my new friend Morgan. Um she is pretty incredible person and she is one of the people that I first discussed Star Wars with and actually I was talking to her uh the Thursday Star Wars came out. And I was not going to go see it that day. And she was so excited. And then a couple of my other coworkers were so excited that I went ahead, I bought a ticket, and I went and I saw it opening night. And I actually ended up seeing it before her. Oh, wow. (laughs) So she was actually really upset that she convinced me to go see it, but I saw it before her. Um, Way to go, Morgan. And uh, Way to go, Morgan. And props to Katie from Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea for introducing me to Morgan because Morgan and I are two giant nerds in a giant nerd tree. All right. That's all I got. Yeah. Great. Um, what else, dude? Anything else? Um, tell your lovely wife I said hello. Give your kids hugs for me. I'll do that. I'll do that. I need to get to bed so I can get up to the gym to beast mode tomorrow morning. Beast mode. All right, man. I will talk to you soon. Love you much. Uh, happy last night of Hanukkah and workout nerd out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.